Good morning. I'm Kiko Bartolome, one of the primary leaders under Pastor Timothy Warden, and it is my privilege and pleasure to be representing our senior pastor today. Right now, see Pastor Tim, see Atibambi, and see Zion are currently in Australia attending the Hillsong Conference, and they miss you all already. So today I want to share with you a message that has been tied together over the past few weeks. Ko ano yung pinag-uusapan natin? Nag-umpisa si Pastor Tim talking about who we are. It's important for us to know who we are because if you know who you are, then you know what to do. So, nag-umpisa siya, unang-una, we are Christ's ambassadors. Pangalawa, we are God's masterpiece. Pangatlo, we are overcomers. Pangapat, we are the salt of the earth. Panglima, we are the light of the world. Today, I want to share with you this message about who we are in Christ. We are disciples. Ano ba ang ibig sabihin ng pagiging isang disipulo? Naririnig natin itong salitang ito at alam natin na si Jesus meron siyang mga disciples. Meron siyang isang dosenang disciples, parang mga itlog. Diba? Ano ba ang ibig sabihin ng word na disciple? It means to be a learner or a follower. So in order to, for us to understand ng ano yung pagiging isang disciple, we have to understand yung cultural context. Si Jesus ay isang Hudyo. He was a Jew living in a Jewish culture. And so he was called a teacher. He was called a rabbi. The teacher of the word of God. So kung gusto natin maintindihan what it means to be called a disciple of Jesus, kailangan natin intindihin yung kultura. Kailangan may context tayo. We need to have a cultural context. So, please, Bear with me as we study and we learn about the culture of Jesus. Okay ba yun? Yung educational system of the Jews, of the people of God, lahat ng mga Hudyo, they focused on the study of God's Word. Everything was focused on the study of God's Word. The educational system was like this. If you are six years old, you would enter into elementary school. Beit Sefer. This is called the house of the book. And at six years old, you will start to study the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. At age six years old, ito ang uumpisahan mong aralin. The first day of school, sasabihin ng rabbi, okay, umupo ka dyan, at bibigyan kita ng honey. Diyan sa tablet mo, sa slate mo. Galing, di ba? May high-tech na sila, may tablet na sila nun. So meron silang maliit na blackboard that they would practice on. That's their notes. And on this slate, the rabbi, the teacher, would pour some honey. And honey was the most exotic, most expensive. It was pleasurable. It was rare. It was sweet. 
Even today, it's hard to find good honey. So, isipin mo, bilang mga six years old, wow, there's honey. There's honey on my tablet. And so the rabbi would say, okay, now you can use your finger and lick the honey off of your tablet, off of your slate, off of your finger. And while you're doing that, sabihin ng rabbi, sabihin ng teacher, may the words of God be like honey in your mouth. May the words of God be like honey in your mouth. May it be sweet. Sabi ni Ezekiel, I ate the words of God and they were sweet as honey in my mouth. So, the first impression of every Jewish child is that there is nothing more pleasurable, nothing better, nothing more privileged than to study the Word of God. Are you blessed to be studying the Word of God today? At age six years old until the age of ten years old, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they would start to study and memorize Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Limang libro. By the age of ten, alam na yan. Alam na yan, kabisado na yan, hasa aral gamay. Now, the best of the best of Beit Sefer, hindi lahat ng studyante gumagraduate papunta sa high school, sa Beit Talmud, house of learning. The best of the best of the students of Beit Sefer would go into Beit Talmud. So yung mga hindi na-select for Beit Talmud, they were called to go back to their families. Start learning the family trade. Start learning the family business. Kung ang father mo fisherman, ikaw din magiging fisherman. Kung ang father mo baker, ikaw din magiging baker. Kung ang father mo was a carpenter, ikaw din carpenter. And so only the best of the best of students, ang star section, would go into Beit Talmud. And this is from ages 10 to 14 years old. And they would start memorizing and learning the rest of the books of the Old Testament. And this is from the book of Joshua all the way to the book of Malachi. If there are 39 books in the Old Testament, minus 5, yung sa Beit Sefer, ibig sabihin, there were 34 books that they needed to memorize in Beit Talmud. So by the age of 14 years old, these kids have learned the whole Old Testament. 39 books. Yun ang textbook nila. Sabihin mo sa akin that, they, that our educational system is different today. Yes, it's different. The way that we study is you have information and you spew back information. Binabalik mo sa akin yung information kapag hinihingi ko. Kapag may exam, isusulat mo yung information. But here, this is about an understanding of the Word of God. They would learn the art of questioning. In the Jewish custom, it was always questions. Kapag tinanong ka, what is 2 plus 2, anong sagot? 4. 
That is our educational system. But in the Jewish context, pag tinanong, what is 2 plus 2, ang, tanong, ang sagot nila, question ulit. Kasi gusto nila i-highlight a higher understanding of the situation. Kapag tinanong sa kanila, what is 2 plus 2? Ang sagot, what is 16 divided by 4? Gets nyo? Iba yung level ng pagkakaintindi. So isipin mo, the art of questioning, ibang level yung pagkakaintindi nitong mga batang ito. They would learn about Scripture. They would learn the words of God. And they would highlight that. They would honor it. It is a privilege to learn that. And pagkatapos ng Beit Talmud, the best of the best, it was very rare, but the best of the best of Beit Talmud would go into Beit Midrash. This is called the house of study. And this happened at around 14 or 15 years of age. And they would go to a rabbi, to a teacher of authority. And they would say to that rabbi, Can I be your Talmud, your Talmudim, your disciple, your follower? Pwede ba akong tagapagsunod sa iyo? So you had to apply to become a Talmud, a, a disciple, a learner. And so the rabbi at this time, would start questioning. Tatanungin niya itong aplikante, ilan beses ginamit yung word na well sa second part ng Genesis? Ilang references meron ang book of Deuteronomy sa book of Habakkuk? There were so many things at kailangan hasa, gamay, at aral ka in order to be able to answer these questions. Bakit sobrang tinde nitong interview na to? Because the rabbi, the teacher, is evaluating, is assessing kung ikaw ba, bilang isang aplikante, kaya mo bang gawin yung ginagawa ng rabbi? Can you do what he does? Can you be like him? Can you speak with authority, the same way that he speaks with authority. And so, ang tinde ng training at ang tinde ng qualifications ng pagiging isang talmid, isang talmudin, isang student of the law, the student of God's word. What's interesting is, see Jesus, he did not have applicants come to him. Ang ginawa niya is he went and he called his disciples. If we understand the cultural context, if we understand the cultural context, Jesus didn't choose the perfect students. He chose those exactly like us. Jesus called those who didn't make the cut. They were not serving a different rabbi, a different teacher. They were not in school anymore. They had gone back to their families. Bumalik na sa kanilang mga village. And they were fishermen. They were tax collectors. 
They were ordinary people like you and like me. If we understand that Jesus called these people, kahit na anuman ang background, it's okay. Because Jesus wants for you to be able to relate to that. Friends, Jesus is calling you today. It says in Matthew 4, verses 19 to 20, Jesus called out to them, and he said, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Alam mo nung bata ako, nung nabasa ko ito, sabi ko, si Jesus ba hypnotic ba siya? What was it about Jesus that bigla na lang nilang iniwan yung lambat nila, iniwan nila yung tatay nila, and they followed him? Di ba nakakabastos yun? Di ba? Kung may nahuli silang isda, sayang yung isda, iniwan nila yung lambat nila, sayang baka may kumuha. Hindi ba yun mapapakinabangan ng family nila, ng kapatid nila, ng magulang nila? Sayang, pangkabuhayan yun eh. But you have to understand the cultural context. Itong mga tinawag ni Jesus bilang kanyang mga disipulo, they had already gone back home. They were already rejected from being a disciple. But Jesus said, come, follow me. Jesus said, come, follow me. They left their nets. They left their livelihoods. They left their families. They left their villages. They left their synagogues. Kung saan sila nag-aral. Because it is the highest privilege to have a rabbi. It is the highest privilege to study the word of God. It is the highest privilege to have a leader lead you closer to God. To have a mentor. And so today, Jesus is calling you and says, Come, follow me. So ano ba ang qualifications ni Jesus para maging isang disipulo? You don't need to go through Beit Sefer, Beit Talmud, Beit Midrash. Hindi mo kailangan mag-aral ulit ng Bible school para maging isang disipulo. Hindi mo kailangan maging isang pastor. He is calling you to become a disciple. So letter A, B, a comer. Comer. Jesus said, come. Lumapit ka. Then Jesus said in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Let us come to Jesus, because he has something that we need. He brings salvation. He brings healing. He brings restored relationship with God. And because we have a restored relationship with God, we can have restored relationships with others. Jesus brings the whole path.
package. Anything that you need, Christ is enough for us. When I was reading this, I've heard a lot of teaching about take my yoke upon you. Ano ba yung yoke itlog? Take my yoke upon you. Lalagyan ako ng itlog ni Jesus. Hindi. Hindi yun ang ibig sabihin. Akala ko, I've heard a lot of teachings about the yoke na ginagamit pang araro. Yung, yung sinusuot sa kalabaw or kaya sa baka. So, kailangan mo magtrabaho with Jesus. No, that's not the point. Culturally speaking, the cultural context of this, the yoke is the interpretation of the teacher of the scripture. So, kung ano yung salita ng Diyos, hindi naman nagbabago yan eh. Pero kung paano ini-interpret yan ng isang tao, may be different dun sa pagka-interpret ng ibang tao. Tama? So kapag sinabing Sabbath, the day of rest, ano ang ibig sabihin ng Sabbath? Pwedeng sabihin ng isang teacher, isang rabbi, pwede kang gumawa ng ganito, 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 pero hindi mo pwedeng gawin ito. Pwede namang sabihin ng ibang rabbi, ibang teacher, pwede mong gawin ito, 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 pero hindi mo pwedeng gawin ito. Kasi yun ang pagka-interpret, yun ang pagka-intindi niya ng scripture. These are the rules, these are the regulations na dinadagdag ng isang teacher doon sa salita ng Diyos. But Jesus said, I'm not coming to give you a set of rules. Take my yoke because I'm here to give you something more important. A relationship with God. I came not to abolish the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill it. And everything that you have learned up to now is all about me and why I came to sacrifice myself for you. So that you can have a personal relationship to the Father. Jesus brings salvation. Jesus brings healing. Jesus brings a restored relationship with God. All you need to do is come to Him. Letter B. Be a follower. Sabini Jesus, come, follow me. If you come to Jesus and say, God, I need you. Jesus, be part of my life. You cannot just say that and not follow him. It says in John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. It says in Ephesians 5 verse 1, Watch what God does, and when you and then you do it, like children who learn their prop who learn proper behavior from their parents. So the whole orientation to be a follower is to be like Jesus, to do what he does, to talk like he does, to act like he does, to say what he says, to have a lifestyle that reflects. Jesus. When we talk about the lifestyle of a disciple, 
We have an acronym that we use here at SFCC. We call it CCTVs. And it doesn't mean that God is always watching us. Although He does see us. But He's not checking kung magkakamali ka. CCTVs is just an, uh, an acronym that we use so that we can remember what it means to have a lifestyle of a disciple. The first C is cell celebration. We have this service that we can all come together and celebrate what God is doing in our lives. The second C is cell group. We come together in small groups, just like the early church did in the book of Acts. So we do life together, and it's so important na hindi ka lang church attender, but you're involved. You let God move in your life and through your life, through other people. That you can encourage one another and build each other up. It doesn't mean na yung cell group leader is better than you. It doesn't mean that he is holier than you. That he is more educated than you. No. But we are here to do life together. And that's what it means to have a cell group. That we can be open about our problems to each other. And we can trust each other and pray for each other. And help each other and support each other. Isn't it awesome na kapag meron kang pinagdadaanan, you don't have to go through it alone. You can go farther kapag meron kang kasama. And so that's what it means to have a cell group. You have people walking together with you in the same direction. The sec- then you have T, C-C-T. T is what? Training. We study the Word of God. We study the biblical principles and we apply it in our lives. V, VIPs. Because we want to tell others about Jesus. We want to bring them to a place where they can also hear about Jesus. We share what we have experienced. Kung maganda ang experience mo dito, don't keep it to yourself. Bring your family here. Bring, bring your best friend here. Bring your enemies here. Para sila din, matikman nila that God is good. And S is SOAP. SOAP is an, another acronym that we use for our personal devotion with God. SOAP is scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And this is about our daily walk with God. And we don't necessarily have to be all legalistic about it. Hindi natin kailangan maging technical about it. This is just a template for us to understand what God is telling us today. Diba kung gusto mong maging ka-close ang isang tao, kakausapin mo siya ng madalas. Hindi kayo mag-uusap ng once or twice a year. Madalas. And it's possible that you have an ongoing conversation with them Kahit iba't ibang araw na. Kasi the last time that you spoke, you left off with something. And so God wants that with us. He doesn't want for us na nakakausap lang natin siya kapag Sunday or nakakarinig lang tayo sa Kanya kapag Sunday or kapag cell group. He wants to walk with us every day. It says in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, Sabini Paul, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. 
Even as Jesus would go off into the wilderness to pray, to talk to God, he would always regularly, on a regular basis, consistently, he would talk to God. He would prioritize his relationship with the Father. And because of that, napaka-explosive, napaka-potent, napaka-powerful ng kanyang ministry. He only ministered on this earth for three years. And it has changed the world. How did he do that? He changed the lives of 12 young men. They were imperfect, just like you, just like me. Sabbath the first Peter 2, verse 21. For you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. Jesus wants for us to follow in his steps. Ang ganda ng scripture kasi there's always something new. Naniniwala ba kayo? If you read through the Bible, you read something, for example, one of my favorite verses is Matthew 6.33, and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Now, as you grow, as you come back to that scripture, balikan mo yung scripture, iba na naman ang, mean, ang meaning, ang ibig sabihin nito para sa'yo. Iba na naman ang application. I thought this, this was just to do with finances. I thought this was just to do with my studies. But then you can start applying it in your relationships. That we seek first our relationship with God and then everything else will fall into place. That we can seek first our relationship with God and then your love life will fall into place. Everything happens. Because there is always something new in Scripture. You know, I have here with me a Jewish prayer shawl. And this is from Israel. And Jesus, being a follower of the law, he perfected the law. He followed it specifically. He followed it perfectly to the every dot and tittle. Ibig sabihin, every letter of the law, na-fulfill niya, na-sunod niya. He was obedient to it. And so there is a, a passage in the Bible in Numbers 15, that specified the use of a prayer shawl, the use of cloth like this. And you would use this, this was a garment that you would wear specifically when you are praying and when you are studying the scripture, the word of God. And so this is very symbolic. You know, God is a very symbolic God. He would talk to us through illustration. He would talk to us very effectively with the use of parables. And so, he designed that we would have a constant reminder of his word. So, this is called a prayer shawl. It's called... This tassel is called a tzitzi. Can you say that? Tzitzi. 
I think the correct spelling is there if you want to look it up. So this has five knots on it. Symbolizing the five books of Moses. The Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And so this was what you would play with. What you would wrap around your fingers when you were praying. And specifically, you would use this when you were being tempted or when you had struggles or when you had trials in your life. And remember the words of God. Remember His promises in your life. So this whole prayer shawl, it had the words of God inscripted on it. It had the names of God. It had the names of God. Nakasulat. Dito. And so this symbolized that we are to be wrapped up. Balot na balot tayo sa salita ng Diyos. That when we walk in this, in this world, we are not alone, we're not doing it, but we are equipped with the Word of God, with His wisdom, with His power. So God wants for us to be equipped and it's amazing that the scripture is like a gem. No? It's like a gem. When you look at it, you refer, there's always different angles to it. If you turn a gem, it, reflect, it refracts light. And it looks differently from every angle. If you look at the scripture passage, Matthew 9, and this is talking about the bleeding woman. Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind Jesus. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. This scripture may be familiar with some of you. Hindi basta-bastang laylayan ng robe ang hinawakan nitong babaeng ito. Ang hinawakan niya was the tassel of Jesus. Specifying that I believe this teacher's interpretation of Scripture. I believe this person's interpretation of God's Word. And it is all about being a Messiah. He is the chosen one of God. And because she believed, she received her healing. Friends, Jesus wants you to believe in Him. Jesus wants you to believe in Him. The whole point of having a yoke is that your interpretation needs Jesus. The interpretation of a teacher of the whole scripture, that is His worldview. 
And Jesus wants you to believe that he is the Messiah. Sabbath of John 14, verse 1. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In Matthew 14, verses 28 and going forth, you know, there was a scripture of, of the disciples, and they were on a boat. Many of them were fishermen. Marunong silang maglayag. Marunong silang magpaandar ng bangka. And they were in the middle of the storm. And Jesus, all of a sudden, he, he comes walking on the water. And remember that in culture of the, the Hebrew culture, kapag may malalim na tubig, not running water, but still water, running uh, deep water, that is symbolic of the abyss, a place of evil. That's why ang unang sinabi nila, look, it's a ghost. Multo. Because they saw someone walking on water. It's a place of evil. But Jesus was above it. He was walking on water. He was conquering evil. And Jesus, uh, Peter, Peter called out to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, Yes, come. Naisip nyo ba na parang ang unusual nitong reaction na ito? Ang unusual nitong reaction na ito. Diba kapag may nakita kang taong naglalakad sa tubig, uy, ang galing. Wow, magic. Diba? Paano niyo ginawa yun? But you would not go and do it yourself. You would not try to do it yourself. Kasi hindi mo pa alam kung paano eh. Pero yung reaction ni Peter is to say, Lord, kung ikaw talaga yan, tell me to come to you. Bakit? Because the whole orientation of Peter's life is to be like Jesus. To do what Jesus does. To speak the way that Jesus speaks. So if Jesus was walking on water, then I am going to walk on water too. Ganun ang mindset ni Peter. And so if we continue reading, he starts walking on water. And then he sees the wind and the waves, and he starts thinking. And he calls out, Lord, save me. And immediately, in verse 31, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Bakit ka nag-alinlangan? Ang tanong ko ngayon, sino ang pinag-alinlangan niya? Kanino siya nag-alinlangan? Who did Peter doubt? Jesus? Jesus was not sinking. It was Peter who was sinking. He doubted himself that he can be like his teacher, like he can be like his master. He can do what the master is doing. 
He doubted himself na kaya niyang gawin kung ano yung ginagawa ni Jesus. Why did you doubt? We talk about faith and how we need to believe in Jesus. But friends, Jesus believes in us. Jesus believes in you. Jesus believes that you can do what he does. That you can be like him. You can imitate him. It says in John 15 verse 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed and placed and purposely planted you so that you will go and bear fruit and keep on bearing fruit. And that your fruit will remain and be lasting. It says in John 14 verse 12, see Jesus again, nagsasalita, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. So, sino ang tinutukoy niya dito? Anyone who believes in me. How many of you here today believe in Jesus? If you believe in Jesus, do you believe that you can do these same works and even greater works? Say it like you mean it, guys. Believe in Jesus because He believes in you. See, we don't have to do things on our own. Hindi natin kailangan pagdaanan yung mga storms, yung wind and the waves by ourselves. We can cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, help. I'm sinking. Mga problema natin, we don't have to go through it alone. Sabi ni Apostle Paul sa Philippians 4 verse 13, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Jesus is our source. He sustains us through whatever may come our way. Because we are in Him, because we have a personal relationship with Him. We can do what He does. Kaya natin siyang gayahin. And so kung ano yung katawagan niya sa buhay mo, kayang-kaya mo yan gawin because it is Jesus who equips you. Jesus helps you to do it. It is He who gives you the strength to do everything. If Jesus did not believe in you, then He would not have given you, He would not have given us the Great Commission. His last words on earth were found in Matthew 28. Ang huling habilin niya, bago siya sumapalangit. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is called the Great Commission. Did you ever stop to think about why it's called the Great Commission? Because it is the co-mission. This is the same mission 
of Jesus. He came to make disciples of all nations. And so we are going to do this same thing with Him. We're supposed to live the way that He lived. We're supposed to talk the way that He talked. We're supposed to be His ambassadors. God's masterpiece. We're supposed to be overcomers in this world. We're supposed to be salt of the earth and light of the world. We are supposed to affect the community, affect our families, affect our schools, our workplaces, affect where God has placed us for the better. This is how we change the world. Jesus called the people who did not make the cut. They were not the best of the best. They did not have high IQs or a lot of degrees. He called ordinary people like you and like me. They may have had a past like you, like me. They may not have observed the Word of God perfectly like you, like me. But Jesus called them anyway. And Jesus is calling us. The first disciples were a group of high school boys. They were nobodies. But they changed the world. And that is what he is calling us to do today. Let us follow Jesus, follow his teachings, understand that he came to love us. He came to restore us to the Father. That it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship with God. God does not want the ritual. You know, this prayer shawl thing, as I was studying about it, me ceremonious by on how to wear it and how to put it on. And Jesus is not interested in the ritual, in the ceremony, in just coming to church. That's not the point. God is interested in having a relationship with you. God wants to be involved in your life. And He wants to train you to be more like Him. Alam mo ang mga disciples, mga talmudim, mga followers ng isang teacher. If the teacher would put a piece of straw in his mouth, all of the disciples would do the same thing. If the teacher would sit down a specific way, all of the disciples would follow. If he was walking in a specific way, ganun din susunod yung mga disciples. They wanted to be so much like their, their teacher, their rabbi, na lahat ng aspeto ng kanilang buhay was oriented to become more like their teacher. Kung paano siya kumain, kung paano siya matulog, nakahiga ba siya to the left or to the right, nakadapa, nakatihaya. Let us become more like Jesus. Let us orient our lives. Bakit? 
Kasi dito tayo lalago. Dito tayo mapagpapala. Dito tayo mai- natin ma-experience ang kabutihan ng Diyos. That when we are like Jesus, He is altogether lovely, altogether worthy. He is perfect. He is beautiful beyond measure. He is the culmination of the Word of God. He is love expressed. He is love in the flesh. He came to serve others. And God wants us to be like that. He wants us to reflect Jesus in this world today. Ang daming problema sa mundong ito. But how are we going to change it? By becoming more like Jesus. By forgiving others the way that Jesus forgave us. By loving others the way that Jesus loved us. By touching the untouchable. Loving the unlovable. Reaching the unreachable. Our calling is to change the world. Let us become more like Jesus. Because that is the highest privilege. To understand that God wants to be involved in our daily walk. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you that you sent Jesus to teach us what it's like to be part of your kingdom. What it's like to be a part of your plan. What it's like to be a part of your family. Thank you that you sent Jesus as the perfect sacrifice to atone for all of our sins, to pay for our sins at the cross. That He who was without sin, He became sin for us so that we can have a personal, intimate relationship with You. Thank You for restoring us to You. That we can have freedom, we can experience Your grace and your mercy in our lives. Jesus, we answer your call to come follow you. We believe in you, that you came to fulfill the law perfectly. Thank you for the life that we have in you, that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you for believing in us so that we can go be effective. We can go and change the world. In your name we pray. Amen.